0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening and watching the Italian American Entertainment Podcast. And I'm your host, Vince Shirelli, And today we have the great singer and musician, entertainer, Aaron Caruso with us. And uh, Aaron has been performing for over 20 years and uh, headlining all types of venues, uh, including performing arts centers and Italian festivals where we met. And uh, we'll get into his history a little bit now on this show. So welcome, Aaron. How are you doing?
1: Thanks, Vince. I'm great. How are you doing, buddy?
0: All right. Good to talk to you. We haven't talked for a while since uh, COVID started things. I haven't talked to you in a few months, so it's good to talk to you.
1: I know. Uh, uh, wonderful to talk to you. It's been a long time. I usually run into you at uh, festivals across the United States. So uh, yep.
0: Yeah, not this year. Not this year, but... Uh, I know.
1: You know, there's an old saying in uh, Stoic philosophy, the, the, the obstacle becomes the way. And uh, that's certainly the case here. When I heard you were starting this thing, I was very excited. And little did I know, I'd I'd be asked to be a part of it, so I'm honored to be here.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And yeah, you know, I figured uh, someone's got to do it at some point. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great websites and blogs and Facebook pages for Italian-Americans, but uh, I didn't see something just for entertainers artists performers anything just the entertainment world so I figured you know what now's the time to do it so uh so here we go but you're our first uh I had the Uncle Louie variety show uh (laughs) the comedians and then uh Mr. Ron Onesti who you know Ron and then uh, sure so so you're our first performer singer on the podcast so it's great to have you (laughs)
1: Is that my piano
0: ready? There you go. See, I was just gonna say, I don't even have anything ready. You're you're prepared. But uh, so to start with this thing, since uh, it's about Italian Americans, uh, where are you located now and where do you trace your ancestry back to Sicily or Italy?
1: Well, um I'm I'm located in Michigan in Metro, Detroit, uh outside of outside of Detroit, a little town called Macomb. Not it's actually not very little, it's a big town. But uh I'm in. I'm over here in Michigan. Um, I spent I don't know twenty years in New York area, uh, Connecticut. I lived in New Jersey. Spent some time in Reno, Nevada, as well. After uh, I graduated from from college, and uh, my parents um, born here. You know my my grandparents are from uh, a little town, uh, <laughs> a famous little town. Everyone says it's from a little town. You probably never heard of. Provincia di Palermo. Uh, oh, sure. Province of Palermo called Chinesy. Uh, okay. I think uh, I've heard that. Yeah, a lot of paisans here in uh, in the Detroit area and also in Milwaukee, all the Sicilians out there. And I run into a lot of them in Massachusetts. Uh, hmm. Last time I was we did a festival there, St. Peter's, which is in, oh, goodness gracious, It'll Gloucester, Massachusetts. There, okay, um, yeah heard Of that, uh, a lot of people from that same area, so
0: cool, yeah. So, yeah. Palermitano, then <laughs>
1: Palermitano, yeah. And I yeah. know you're Sicilian, I know you're, uh,
0: yeah. On my grandmother's side, I uh, from she's from Palermo, and then uh, the rest, uh, my mom's side and my dad's dad, we're all from Aragona, Agrigento, so
1: Agrigento, right, I remember uh,
0: that. yeah. So, Rockford, here, Rockford, Illinois, a lot of we call ourselves easy. that's the people from Aragona, so. Uh, a lot of people from Aragona, Sicilian, and Rockford, but uh, yeah, so cool. So we're both Sicilian. Yeah, <laughs> Sicilian, that's kind of cool. Sicilians are proud to be Sicilian. I think there's a Facebook page that I'm Sicilian, I'm not Italian. Get it right or something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you look at the history. You know, you know Vince. You look at the history. I mean, even the language. I don't know how much Sicilian you speak. I know you yeah. do speak some, uh, or if not more than that, because we've we've talked privately. But I mean, you know you look at the, the influences of the language. Yeah. Travaillare instead of lavorare. Right. From uh, the, you know, the Normans are uh, travailler. Mm-hmm. Even our R's, uh, uno, due, tri. It's, it's not a tre or three. Right. it's tri. <laughs> and that comes from the French, you know, the, right. the their particular R. And then, of course, and I don't have to tell you because I know you know about this, the uh, Uh, the town of Marsala, the port town, uh, which translated originally was Mars et Allah, port of God in Arabic.
0: Well, that's Uh, interesting you say that because I never knew that part, but uh, I just did my ancestry, and I knew, so my grandmother's side, uh, her family, the Saladinos, were from Marsala, and now I'm I'm digging into the Saladino side, and uh, that comes from King Saladin from out there. So it's uh oh, wow. so it's a lot of Arabic. It's it's interesting uh once you start seeing that. But I didn't know that about Marsala. I'll have to look that in look that up. That's cool.
1: Oh yeah. And there's we have Greek words um, um even the Sicilian um so like in Italian for your listeners that speak Italian, let's say dove il bagno, dove il, you know, where's right. the bath, right? So so you know we say gabinetto, right? But instead of Dove use...
0: I was just, just going to say Une. That's, my, <laughs> <laughs> that's my big thing it, wh- where I used to work uh, I had a close friend and everything I say was Une. and so we still text it, she, she's not Italian at all but I, we still text each other Une, because no one understands what that is if, if I speak to a real you know, northern Italian or something you say Une. if I went over to Italy right now, right now I'd say Une. I, <laughs> I wouldn't right. know what to say it's hard because I, I grew up if any Italian I speak is, is the slang is the Sicilian. So I, well, yeah,
1: the, 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 as you know, is the French, you know, hmm. that's, we have
0: to
1: thank the, the, uh, the, 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 Normans, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. came that you know, with so much French influence in Sicilian, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting. interesting, you know, but you know, UNESCO, UNESCO finally declared Sicilian a language which it always was a language, but they, you know, we always say, and I say the same thing, like, oh, when I was younger, you know, say, oh, I said, oh, God, I don't speak the real Italian. I speak right. the, the ball-headed stepchild of Italy, uh, Sicilian dialect, you know, the hillbilly Italian or whatever you want to call it. Well, we know Well, we know that it's not that. We know that it's a It's a language, and it and it also has the benefit of being a literary language. That great works of art, you know, great uh, great literary works uh, uh, have been written. I'm thinking of Luigi Pirandello, and uh, and of course, great music like your grandfather, (laughs) you know, written in Sicilian. So, um, I I found out interestingly enough that. In some of the newer operating systems in Apple, they they offered Sicilian as a language.
0: Really? And Neapolitan. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not just the Sicilians. You know, I uh, Napolitano is a, a whole language of its own. Uh, <laughs> you can't, right. I can't. It's hard for me. You know, I sing it. So because I sing some of those songs, just like you, it's easy, a little easier to understand uh, because you're singing it. But um, I'll never forget... I had a friend who uh, they're Northern Italian. I think they come from Cinque Terre or some somewhere up north. Yeah. And And uh, I went to his grandparents' house, and he was so we were close friends, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so proud. You, these are you can speak to my grandparents." And I started speaking Sicilian. <laughs> they didn't understand a word <laughs> I was saying. It was very difficult. It's it's interesting. We're all from you know the same Italy, but can't understand nice. each other. It's it's interesting. But anyways, um, so getting into into your life. Uh, so when did you start performing, singing?
1: Uh, I was a young boy, probably about, f- I started playing piano about four, f- four or five. I started taking lessons and I had an aunt, my aunt Mary that, you know, I think we all had an aunt Mary <laughs> yep. um, who, who was a little bit of a singer herself, an amateur singer. And uh, she, I had a little book of piano solos and one of them was come back to Sorrento. So she would start singing that, you know, and she said, would you, would you play the Come Back to Sorrento? And I started playing it. <laughs> I said, I oh, don't know, there's too many flats, Aunt Mary. Right. I can't, it's in C minor, you know, I said, I just, I can't play it. So when nobody was around, I would try to imagine I was this opera singer and I would, you know, and then I would sing at the top of my lungs. And then one day my parents came in the house and heard me singing. And they were, what? That, that was you? I said, Ma, I wasn't really singing. I was imitating an opera singer. That's not my real voice. Mm-hmm. She said, are you crazy? That's your voice. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you know the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I ended up um, going to sing for the choir director a few years. It took a few years of her egging me on. And but I started pretty much probably like you, just kind of performing for the family. Yep. You know, we always had a piano, and I, my aunts would come over. We'd eat, and I would get on the piano and play. Play Godfather, do this, you know, sing something. That's how we all started. Yeah,
0: no, being thrown up on a chair at Italian weddings. Uh, that. <laughs> That was my start with uh, I can't can't remember his name, but a a band that's still around out of Chicago, Diamanti. I don't know if you've ever played with them at one of the festivals, but Diamanti was like the go-to in the '90s uh, Italian wedding band. And every time I became like a a little member of Diamanti, because every Italian wedding, it was throw Vince up there and sing with them. That's how, yeah, we all got our start in the Italian families. Uh, Especially a lot of my cousins, you know, that aren't doing it, you know, as a profession or anything like that. But still, that's that was. The only spot, parties, backyard parties, and and weddings. We all started singing. So. Churches.
1: Yeah. Uh, I sang in church choir for a long, and, I, and the other thing I did was so my grandparents passed away before um, before you know I kind of came to. So so I don't really remember them, but I got to know them through their record collection. That my aunts, uh, I had two aunts, that never got married. And they lived together, so they still had my grandparents record collection when That's I cool. was going. So I'd go through the record collection and I found Jerry Vale, Sergio Franchi, Pavarotti, uh, uh, guys from Italy, Emilio Pericoli and uh, right. Claudio Villa and all these great, you know, Italian American, Italian records. And I, and for me, it was like, I was getting to know my grandparents through music. Right. You know, yeah. And I'm sure maybe you probably had something similar to that with your with your grandfather. Although I know you do. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's I didn't really get into like the the record digging and like really going back. You know, I was my whole life was you know Che La Luna and all the standards as a kid. Yeah. But I didn't really delve deep into it with my grandfather until I was maybe 14 or 15. Then I really sat down with him, and he he brought out all the old records, and you know. um, uh, the first time I ever heard about any of it was when he said, I'm going to play you a record from someone called Nila Pizzi. She was the queen of Uh-oh. Italian music. And he's, he told me the whole story of how he performed with her in Rockford and he played me the record. And that's kind of how I got into into it deeper and learning about this stuff. But, you know, before it was just, I thought Italian music was his CD. <laughs> that was it for the right. for my whole life. I didn't know. So, um, but I'm learning more every day. He played with a guy named Arturo Testa. Um and never knew how big this guy was um and all these different italian singers that my grandfather played with it's it's so cool and i still i still don't know a lot by nila pizzi but i know she was a big deal um big name yeah so
1: yeah there's always something that kind of sparks that fire yeah and once it's lit it's all consuming
0: yeah yeah and it's a
1: lifetime quest and like you know not unlike a treasure hunter or like a, somebody going on, like an Indiana Jones, you know, like or going on this quest to find the, the hidden song or
0: right. something, you know? Right, no, yeah. So uh, growing up, you know, singing around with your family and all that, uh, but when did you decide this is what you wanted to do and when did you really start performing for, for money and, you know, for a real job, if you want to call it that?
1: Well um I had a cousin of mine that um married into the family that uh really was a big opera lover and and a, and a singer himself and when he found out I started singing, this guy was just like you know an american guy uh, but he married my 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 mom's cousin uh, mary and and so he i sang at their weddings matter of fact anyway, he made me these tapes of Mario Lanza, of Franco Corelli, and Pavarotti, all the great tenors. And then he would play like Sinatra and Vic Damone and all these other singers. But Lanza really caught my ears. When I heard Lanza, that was it. Yeah. I was sold. I said, "That's this is it. This is what I'm gonna do with my life. You know, and I was probably 12 years old. I, I had pneumonia in... Mm-hmm. Um, eighth grade or ninth grade whatever, And, and as I was getting well, I started listening to this stuff over and over and I became obsessed with it. Franco Corelli, you know, you'd go up for these high notes, you know, he would go, (laughs) (laughs) and I would hear this stuff and I would become entranced and I kind of associated it, Vince, with getting better. I would hear these high notes and, um, I felt like they were flying and I said, Oh my God, I want to fly too. Yeah. No, that's cool. So I went on this quest to learn how to sing. And then it wasn't until after I, I, I graduated, um, college, I moved out to New York and, uh, I was working at a job, you know, a regular job. Um, I wasn't happy in the job. I really didn't like it. And I met my, um, at a Mario Lanza luncheon. I went to perform there and I met this little lady named Maria. And she said, uh, Aaron, I would love to, I would love to help you. Anyway, I can. I said, well, here's my card. Nice to meet you. Well, she started calling and calling and calling. She wouldn't stop calling. So I said, I got to either put her to work or I'll get a restraining order. One or the other, you know, it's just too sweet and too nice of a little Italian lady. So i went over her house and she made this big spread and and uh food and everything and i gave her like six or seven promo packs back then with the cd and the bio (laughs) you know what i'm talking about and she went to work so she started booking me so much work i mean i had already been getting paid professionally to do it but it's kind of piecemeal right here and there i'm working this job making you know whatever God only knows what I was making back then, paying the bills, you know, Mm -hmm. studying with this great maestro from Italy in New York City, living in New Jersey. I meet Maria. She starts getting me so much work that I start adding it up. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm making more singing than I am at this little job.
0: That's cool. Like,
1: wait a minute. I can pay all my bills through singing. So I said, I'm going to wait until I'm booked six months to a year in advance of my bills are paid every month. I did a little math equation. You know what I'm talking
0: about? Mm
1: -hmm. Once I was six months or a year booked with singing jobs, I, I gave my two weeks notice and I never looked back. And that was, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, I guess, 15 years ago that I went full time singing and haven't looked back.
0: Wow. That's great. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard for a lot of people, you know, um, I, you know, I've tried and, you know, it gets to the point where you get so busy with music and you're gone and it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the big deal. And it's like, you got a full-time job, you're working five days a week and then you're gone all weekend working again and you come back. So it's tough. And it's, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard decision to make because, you know, you, you grow up your whole life here starving artists, don't do it. You're crazy. you <laughs> But, uh, especially
1: in places like Rockford and Metro Detroit, Michigan, you know, I mean, at least here, it's blue-collar central where I grew up.
0: Right, right. Yeah. No, and yeah, out here, you know, at least we got Chicago. You got Detroit right next door. Uh, We got Chicago basically an hour away. But, you know... Chicago is just as hard to get into as, you know, like New York is, it's, there's, it's got a lock on it that if you're from Chicago, those, you're not getting into, into Chicago. So it's, it's interesting. Music business is such a, it's a funny business. (laughs) It is. It's, uh, it's interesting. But so do you remember your first big show? Like the first time, I'm sure you played a million times, but the first show (laughs) where you're like, man, this is, this is it. Well, like I really like, like I really, really like this. Like where you got the crowd and everybody and and all that.
1: I um I was blessed. So we have a friend. We have a guy here in Detroit named uh, Joe Vicari and Joe owns a restaurant. Uh, he's a, a series of restaurants, high end Italian restaurants called Andiamo's. Oh sure. And and he also has a showroom, a celebrity showroom, where he brings in national acts. Uh, you know. Gosh, everybody from uh, uh, Regis Philbin, uh, uh, Joan Rivers, who I met there at on the Amazon, ended up touring with her as her opening act for the last uh, three years of her life. Wow. And um, it was all thanks to Joe. Well, he also was was an owner of and still is part owner of an amphitheater that seats about 5,000, 7,000 people. Hmm. So he had me on there. More than once as an opener. And then you can walk on that stage and there's seven thousand people out there. Yeah. Uh it's you know, or you're working, you know, when I did uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, the Feast of the Three Saints, and they had 10,000 people. The audience was so big I couldn't even see the audience. Right. Yeah,
0: that happened, yeah. That happened and to us in Sandy. Have you played San Diego, the San Diego Festa?
1: The Sicilian one I have. The Sicilian one? okay, Which is no longer.
0: Right, yeah. Both of them are no longer. Um, But uh, Ah. that that first feeling came to me and Frank when we played at uh, San Diego for the first time because we'd played festivals, Milwaukee and all these big ones. But when you get those street festivals where this was Little Italy, San Diego, and it's just one shot, and there's a (laughs) stage on one end and the stage on the other end, and then we got up there and just, you're like, how many people are here? They're not all listening to you, but... And the lady, it's an eight-hour festival in San Diego, and she's like, there's 100,000 people on this, you know, four blocks, five blocks. It's just like, <laughs> what what the heck? It's crazy, yeah. So that's the first memory I have, of me and Frank both looking at each other like, holy moly, this is, that's a big time, a lot of people. But uh, it's fun. I, the, the, the real first time that, you know, I got emotional on stage, I would say, and i not really told many people this, was uh, after my grandfather passed away, I got, uh, the first Milwaukee Fest that I was able to play, uh, that, that summer. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So it 20- was full on strings. Yeah. And we got to, uh, play on the same stage with Dick Contino that year. So I think oh. it was the last, the, the last time he got to play or the second to last time he got to play there. And that was, you know, playing on stage at those big stages at you know, Milwaukee, uh, that was kind of the first emotional time for me because yeah. he had just passed away and all that, but it's, uh, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, I, do, you, do you perform any original music or do you write? I've never asked you that question. I do. Yeah,
1: do? I, I do write originals. Um, I've written for other artists as well. Um, you know, the creative, uh, the muse of, of creativity, inspiration, whatever it is, it, it, it doesn't just write to me in Italian-American stuff or Italian, although a lot of times it does. I get country songs that come to me. I get um, hmm. crazy stuff sometimes. And I just have to, I'm like, okay, let me just write it down. And, and um, you know, my piano background and music theory, so I can write, you know, I just write it all out. I do treble and bass and I write the chords and I'll write the, I usually just write the melody. And then I'll just write the chords on top, just so I can kind of get it out of my system.
0: Right. I don't know how you are, but uh, if you're writing a song, how long... Or when's to, when's the point that you say, yeah, uh, scrap it, on this song, or or will you work on it for like, you know, like Hallelujah? What's his name? Leonard Cohen wrote it for years or something like that. I couldn't. I'd throw it away by then. You know, <laughs> I'm I, I'm a 15 to 30 minutes. If the song's not written in 15 to 30 minutes, it's done. I don't I don't ever look back. I don't know. Some musicians are that way, but I don't. know. How are you?
1: I um, so the really good ones. I get the chills, or or I get emotional when I'm writing it um but there are some that just come right away and others that I kind of get it's like an out of focus picture I kind of get the I can sketch the outline of it Mm -hmm. and then I and I forget about it and then I come back to it with fresh ears and fresh eyes and then that when I come back to it is when I can tell is this worth my time or am I just you know Right. Kind of a thing, but I usually have an emotional response to it. If I have an emotional response, it just has to come to fruition. I won't stop until it's written. Right. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's kind of an emotional thing, and I was like, it's pretty. Let me put that away. Maybe I can use that somewhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's tough. It's tough for me. <laughs> Some sometimes I'll do, you know, my iPhone, if. if If something, God God forbid, happened to me and someone went through my voice memos, it would just be me humming all these crazy (laughs) little melodies. They'd be Ah! thinking, what the heck is wrong with this guy? But all these unwritten songs in there, I got to go through someday and just, you know, there's probably something there, piece them all together. It's it's interesting.
1: I've done that. I've done, I've picked up old melodies that I haven't listened to in 10 years that I just hummed and I said, oh, that would sound good here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Awesome. But yeah i I don't uh, but you know you know, talking about festivals there's something about the italian festivals that are just something special something electric something fun you know i mean everybody loves italian festivals and i'm so sad that we weren't able to to do do any of them this year one or two i'm doing yeah it's sad yeah
0: we uh we but None, I think, now that I think about it. Because the earliest one we were supposed to do was April. We were supposed to play it in New Orleans. And that was right at the heat of when it started. It was, you was know, March, April. And then everything's postponed to next year. So it's crazy.
1: I have a question for you. Yeah. So you were talking about when you got that feeling that first time on stage. Um, when were you the most nervous?
0: <laughs> it's weird. My next question. It was about getting nervous. Ha! Are you I kidding s- me? Swear to God, yep. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, that was weird. But, uh, you know, people ask, you know, do you still get nervous? All this. I don't anymore. I'm sure you don't. You know, there's always that uh, feeling. But I don't really get nervous, nervous. I'll just get out there and do it. Um, but, you know, like, when I get emotional on stage, it's usually I get this freak feeling where, uh, especially if I'm playing one of my grandfather's songs, for some reason the the guys make fun of me all the time because they just think, oh, it's summertime, we're playing outside. Every time I play one of my grandfather's song, I get just this butterfly nervous feeling. But I literally see, I always see like a butterfly on stage. It's weird. And it's just that the first time was in Milwaukee. So when I played that summer, that was the first time I had gotten that nervous feeling was I wasn't nervous to play for the people. But uh, we started playing his song, Play, Play Guitar. And uh, Frank starts it playing the guitar and I'm singing over it. And uh, I just was like looking up and it was just like this huge, nervous like weight, like, but sad feeling, and it was just like, oh, uh, that—that's that, that feeling that I get. But it's it's more you know emotional because of the family stuff. But um, I don't know. What, yeah. about, what about you? Like, what that? What type of feeling uh, do you get?
1: I had a couple. You know, anytime I meet and sing for somebody famous, I get really nervous. But um, when I did Carnegie Hall for the first time. I was uh, my knees were shaking. I wanted. I probably somebody, would too. Yeah, yeah. I wanted somebody to to kill me. It would have been, <laughs> God forbid, it would have been better right. than that that craziness, nerv- nervousness. And um, I had a friend of mine bought brought Jerry Vail to hear me in Boston at Saint Anthony's uh, Feast out there. So here's Cherry Bell, you know, singing La" to Cherry Bell. And I'm thinking, do did, did I mix up those lines in Italian? Did I did I am I gonna embarrass myself in front of one of my idols since I'm four years old? Uh uh and the same thing happened with Tony Bennett, you know. He he wanted to hear me sing and I'm you know, that that kind of stuff gets me nervous. Oddly enough, though, and I don't know if this is true for you, but the more people there are in the audience, like with the ten thousand people in the, sitting in the audience, I'm scared less than if I'm in a room with twelve people that's and probably, I can see them and they're when they're analyzing. You know, they're just like
0: that's that's probably more true for me too. If if there is any time <laughs> that because people don't realize it when you're in a theater. And it's dark, and the lights are shining on it. You can't see anybody anyways, or if you're right. on a festival and it's at night, you can't see anybody it doesn't at that point it doesn't matter, but if you're in a small room with two hundred people or twenty people and they're you can feel it if they if they don't like it, they're getting up and leaving, and you know that's that's a little different, yeah, yeah, but it's it's, 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 it's a little backwards. you would think you know throw anybody else in a situation, they'd be more nervous with ten thousand yeah. people watching but you can't really see.
1: <laughs> I think, too, because of the jokes that I have. You know, I had a great mentor in this business, Vince, named Danny Marona, who never became a household name. But, uh, you know, he made many millions of dollars singing out in Reno and um, San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Entertainer of the Year, 15 times, 12 times in Reno. Uh, I mean, studied the stage like you know, like a mathematician right. studies math. So the jokes, a lot of my jokes I do and a lot of my shtick, as it were on stage is from Danny and it worked. All the stuff is, it's guaranteed to work. A lot of people think, and I see it a lot when guys like, you know, a lot of you get a lot of these older guys that get up there with their Frank Sinatra tracks that they just found on YouTube and they, and they get up there and they do the stuff and they, And they get drunk or something, you know, and then and they just say whatever the hell comes to their mind instead of, you know, thinking. Well, that's what Frank did. That's not what Frank did. No, no, that's not. (laughs) That's not what Frank did. Everything they did was rehearsed, was written. Was
0: was a show. Maybe
1: maybe five percent of what they said on stage was unrehearsed. Right. Right, as you know. So, a lot of my jokes and my shtick and everything is written for big audiences. Right. So it. What gets a laugh in 25, 50 people, 100 people gets a gigantic laugh in 2,000, 3,000 people. So right. I think that's probably why I feel a little more comfortable, too. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? So uh,
0: what do you love most about your career as a singer at this point in your life?
1: Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, Vince. Um, I think now I'm at a point where, you know, there's the famous circle of life, you know, that they talk about that we've, we, you know, we've all seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point now where, you know, I've been on stage singing uh, since I was, I don't know, say 16, I kind of started, started getting paid 16, 17.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm 43 now on the cusp of 44, 44. Oh my God. You don't, you don't, you don't look it. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Us. Yeah my extra virgin olive oil I put <laughs> in my hair, you know, Filippo Berio hair. No, but, uh, so, you know, I've been at it a long time. So I've seen a lot of my views old timers go. And then I'm, a, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of the guy that's been in town one of the longest. So I have a voice studio here that I have a very select group of students that I that I keep. And I'm able to teach them things that were taught to me. Right. And I still, I'm, you know, the voice, thing. God, is still there. And then, you know, I'm in a prime. I had a, I had a voice teacher that had, in his 70s, riddled with, riddled with cancer, he could barely get up his apartment stairs in New York City. I had to help him get up. This strong man, this maestro from Rome, barely walking out of breath. And he walked over to the piano and he goes... <laughs> And yet, I have a B flat. So he's a "Testament to my technique." Wow. And the guy's, tough. you know, riddled with cancer. May he rest in peace, Luigi. <laughs> he said, this "Is the proof of my technique? <laughs> I am riddled with cancer, And yet I get so." So thank God, you know, I'm on top of my game, and I, and I I I still get to sing a lot, and I, I get to do fun things like this with friends like you. Um. You know, so and I get to give back. And I think now I see my kids just graduated and I have a lot of them going to colleges and waited on scholarships for singing and that's cool. And doing it's so gratifying. And I get some of my old teachers that I worked with when I was their age to help me work with them. And that's like that's like hitting a hundred point scrabble word, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh my yeah. it's like. <laughs> wow, this is so cool. That's cool. So So
0: kind of keeping on the, you know, keeping the tradition going and uh, what do you, what's your hope uh, for the Italian American entertainment side of things? And do you have a good feeling um, that there's people like me and you that are still out there (laughs) doing this? Or do you have a bad feeling that unfortunately it might be, you know, (laughs) slowing down a little bit?
1: Well, you know, Vince, that's a great question. And I am so happy there are people out here like you that has a passion for this Italian-American music. Is, uh, Italian-American is its own genre. Mm-hmm. It's its own cuisine. It's its own language, which is kind of a pitch podge of uh, Sicilian and Neapolitan and Calabrese thrown in there. Yeah. Um, uh, Italian-American is alive and well. Uh, thanks to, um, unfortunately, this whole mafia culture thing, um, let's face it, um, uh, and I don't glorify the mafia or anything, but, you know, the American culture, for whatever reason, has a fascination with alien, you know, Bigfoot, the mob, Yeah. <laughs> and what else, you know, Walmart, I guess, I don't know, but it's just so because it's there, it will our music will be perpetuated right. through that medium a lot. Um, I work with the Sicilian tenors, a three tenors group, as you know, as yes. you know very well, San Battali and Elio Scaccio.
0: Yep.
1: Um, uh, we're as busy as ever. I mean, even though we, the live stuff got canceled, we're we had a little hot going on in the, in the fall. You know, that's an interesting question. It seems to me, Vince, that the, um, that older population has died off right. that group of, of men and women that were around 20 years ago mm-hmm. it's kind of gone uh with that a lot of the our music changes you know every generation the music changes they they no longer know um the older songs like uh piemontesina bella or la romanina, or something, uh, just to give a generic example. Right. They want to hear la Chate mi cantare, right? Yeah. Or ti amo, you know. So, and, and that's a that's a generational thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the good news is, and I'm trying to be as brief as possible on this question here, but there's a lot to it. The good news is, we have a body of music, just as we have the American songbook. We have the Italian songbook, and. We have a world song book as well. Mm-hmm. So if you go on a cruise and people from all over the world, okay, I got news for you. O Sole Mio is arguably the most famous song in the entire world. Right, yeah. Go anywhere. Go to China. Go to Tibet. They don't know Happy Birthday, but they know O Sole Mio. Right, go to yeah. South America. Go anywhere in Europe. Go anywhere they know that tune. As well as Furikui Furigula. Right, yeah. As well as Santa Lucia. So, as well as la Dona mobile, um, uh, do they know al Dilan? Mala Right. Uh,
0: maybe if they saw the mob movies, but <laughs> may- maybe, right. and and,
1: the, and that might be where it's perpetuated. But I'm scared. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm scared, but I, I raise an eyebrow. I, I'm kind of thinking, like, okay, uh, how are we going to do this? And because that concern is out there on my radio, on my on my. Um, my antenna or whatever Um, when you talked about bringing up this podcast video, vlog, whatever it is um, I jumped at the chance to be involved you remember I said can I help
0: Yeah, how can
1: I help because this is important to me Uh, I see you with your son I just saw the video you put out of him with Chela Luna I mean that's the kind of stuff you know That we need, that kind of those emotional connections with the music. Uh, And also, Peppino the Mouse, those cute little songs. I put songs like that on my CD that I have kids that are now grown up, you know, they're 20 years old saying, I remember I used to listen to that when I was little, you know, your CD. And I'm going, I'm getting old. But I think there's hope as long as there are people out there like you, Vince, that are passionate about this and that are organized. And, and you want to get that out there, yeah, so yeah. I think that's
0: cool i I just interviewed uh, Ron Onesti, and you know I, I brought this up to him, and the one thing that I said in the interview, um, you know we're Italians, so we're grow- we don't grow up with many other cultures, uh, you know and all all this other music, but I still believe there's a point to what I said, which was um, if you go anywhere and you do ba da 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 bada immediately. Everybody thinks Italian there's no quite. there's no 30 seconds to think uh, what is that It's, it's immediate oh I was, heard that when I was at Olive Garden eating breadsticks or whatever. It's immediate you know that our culture is that fast of a, of a you can realize what, what somebody's singing. so I think there's that there's staying power with it. It's not something that a lot of people, whether they're Italian or not, it's you see it with the Italian festivals you know people go um, to feel Italian for the day or for the weekend, whether they are or not, they want to feel that way. Um, they like it either because they've seen it in the movies or whatever. And, uh, so I, I think there's hope because last year I played, uh, at Vandergrift. I think you were there. Did you play? at yes! Vandergrift? Yeah. Great play- place. <laughs> it is, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> you, you think, this small little town. And then there was so many Italians out there. It's crazy. But I know Pennsylvania had a lot of immigrant Italian immigrants there, but I played there six years ago or so. And I met this little boy who was, I don't know, six, seven years old. And he came up, bought my CD and, uh, wanted to take a picture with, with me and said, uh, our son loves this Italian music. I was like, oh, that's great. Last year, it was like five years later, six years later, yes. they come backstage and they have my original CD and this kid listens to it all the time and now he's like 13, 14, whatever. So there's there's still hope. There's things like that that. That makes it. It's not, you know, the money and all this and that. It's, you know, at least what we're doing is going to the next generation. And we're still young, but it's, you know, it's got to keep it going. So there's things like that that at least give it some hope that, you know, someone's paying attention. <laughs> it's it's making I, somebody happy. So I
1: agree, you know, and uh, I'm having a little lighting issue. Don't oh. mind that. I'm getting
0: brighter and then it's
1: getting something. Sun- <laughs> uh, I agree, you know, Vince, there was a great book out there that I didn't read yet. I read, started reading it called A Hundred True Fans, I think it's called. Hmm. And and the idea behind it was as independent artists, you really can make a great living if you have a hundred of those diehard fans. You right. know the ones I'm talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're at every festival, they're at every function, every theater you do, they're there. Okay. Yep. So if you can have a if you have a hundred of those, they make the argument of the book. As that's my understanding of the book. So as independent artists, you know, we don't have the medium of television reaching you know millions and millions of people uh all the time you know if you do we do get some television here and there the computer has helped a lot Mm -hmm. but I think that the bottom line is we have to put out good content and one thing I always liked about you that I've noticed is you always put out quality content. You know there's an Italian saying you know really it's true, really, an American thing. If you're gonna do it, do it right, right you know. But yeah. especially those Italians, I mean, they'll get away from that. Let me do it. That's right. Do it like right. this. You know, you're gonna do it. Don't do it. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. You know, um, you know that put out quality stuff, and it's gonna attract the kids like that, right. the families like that. You know what I mean? Put stuff mm-hmm. out that you would want to hear, and 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 shoot for those 100 truth diehard. Fans right and keep that group happy, and from there, nashe nakose from things other things are born, yeah uh, uh, but I think that's the way to do it I really do yeah, um, and putting I th- all and, this stuff
0: and like and like you do too, my band's kind of doing the same thing where you know it's not just. Go up and be an impersonator and disappear. You know, you're 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 doing it a little different. Where you you add the shtick to the. Sh- you're not just Pavarotti up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you're serious about it. But you know, when I've played with you and backed you up on the drums, it's you know, I I can tell that you're very similar to me. It's do this, yeah. do Pepino, and then go to Osole Mio, and then go to this one, and then you know you mix it up a little bit and you try to appeal to the vast majority of everyone out there. Um, and you know that I think that's the right way to do it because. You're never going to appeal to everybody, but, um, and that's kind of why I make mine a little more upbeat, Latin, flamenco-y. <laughs> I love <laughs> try, that. Try to make it a little different. Uh, so we, we have
1: to collaborate on some of those uh, Gypsy Kings-esque uh, arrangements, <laughs> and the Neapolitan stuff lends itself so well to that.
0: It does, yeah. I'm actually trying to work on something to... I love "Dici Cittin' That's one of my favorite songs. But, you know, you start singing that in a, somewhere, people are going to be like, what the heck is this? Especially if they're not, you know, diehard Italian. But I'm trying to speed it up a little bit, uh, rearranging it. Uh, maybe if it works next year when we're playing out, I'll, I'll do it. But some of the, you know, Nascere Maggio and all those old songs. Uh, uh, That's a tango. Yeah, those are beautiful songs. It's just... Uh, I don't like playing them like Sergio Bruno Bruno style where it's way old school and you're not gonna get no one's gonna really want to pay attention to that. So
1: uh, they didn't even pay attention to him when <laughs> Sergio Bruno when he came. He stopped playing. He walked off stage. He's like, Have you gonna you know you guys are gonna shut up or what?" Uh, yeah,
0: he's one of my favorites, but. Um, Anyways, while we're getting close to the end here, um, yeah. you already said you're part of the Sicilian Tenors. Uh, what's next for you? What's next for the Sicilian Tenors? And uh, if there are any upcoming shows this year, unfortunately, what do you got going and uh, <laughs> how do people find out about you and all that stuff? So,
1: Well, um, what's coming up next? I'll be in Dayton, Ohio. I think the 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever, that weekend of September. Um, they're doing a drive-by Italian festival.
0: <laughs> People are. <laughs> I don't know. That I mean, sounds a little. <laughs> be careful, I mean, be careful saying that to Italians. Drive-by. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they,
1: they, uh, you know, they own the land. Over they do a heck of a job out there in Dayton. Those guys, Brian and the crew. I mean, they just are phenomenal. And you know, they own the land. They make their own food. It's, it doesn't cost them you know a lot to put it on, and the people want to do it. They can't really have them park the cars because you know Italians. Once they park, they're out of the car. And hey, you're done. Hey, you're doing. Yeah. So, so they're driving by, so they're gonna park us at a you know like a stage, and as they're driving by, they're gonna hear us play. And you know, I guess I don't, the point is, they're trying to do yeah. something to perpetuate exactly what we're talking about, and and I and I applaud them for it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we I get some stuff in Florida. I could you know I couldn't even tell you the dates, but with the tenors, we're working on a whole new series of videos. We just recorded them here in Michigan. They're phenomenal. They look like one looks like Miami. Uh, we did a Phantom of the Opera thing at the Whitney, uh, the Whitney in uh, downtown Detroit, yeah. which is a gorgeous old mansion kind of a place. Um, and then we did a God bless America at our, uh, at our base, our air force base here Oh, cool! called uh, um, Selfridge air base. So it's very, very passionate and, and inappropriate for now, but you know, we always do stuff to celebrate our veterans in every show. And I do as well. So we have a lot of shows coming up in the fall. Uh, Sicilian tenants.com is our address and I'm revamping my entire, uh, website. I, I have a new Aaron Caruso music.com. I'll get you the info. We can okay. tag it on, all that stuff. But you can find me on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, I have a Facebook fan page Aaron Caruso tenor, or just Aaron Caruso, I believe. And uh, YouTube. I'm on YouTube. Okay. And I. I delve into Instagram, but I don't do TikTok. You know that's the one thing. You don't do TikTok. I can't I, even. I, turn I can't figure it on.
0: I can't figure it out. I gave it I up. I guess I I'm saw too it. old.
1: That's what like, <laughs> so I said. It's like, oh my gosh, we, we've hit that point, Vince. Hey, we can't I, figure out a newfangled gadget. I
0: panicked this year. I turned 30 in April, and I panicked. It was oh my god, I'm. 30. Oh
1: my gosh, you're, you're so young. Are you kidding me? Everybody keeps now saying know that, but I feel old. The Italians. <laughs> Yeah. Vince is only 30.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, we'll have to get you on again. Maybe we can do a big zoom with uh, all the Sicilian tenors, all you guys, and that'd be kind of cool. Um, so thanks again. It's been great knowing you all these years. Unfortunately, you know, we met at the Portland festival. That one's not around anymore. It's sad. It's sad. Some of these festivals, I hope they start coming back and, you know, uh, What are you going to do? But hopefully we'll, we'll meet again soon next year at some of these summer festivals and, uh, people can see us together. That'd be fun. So.
1: I would love that. It's always a pleasure to share the stage with you and the guys and, uh, or to run into you at a festival. I love hearing what you do. I love seeing all the videos you put out and, and again, the quality content (laughs) that you do. So I'm honored to be on this, uh, this video podcast Podcast, whatever uh, it is yeah (laughs) whatever it is and uh i say to your audience you know stick around subscribe to this share it to all your friends because uh you know we're trying to get the word out there to maintain and promote our rich italian italian american uh, culture through music so thanks for having all
0: right thanks again and uh, everybody check aaron out on facebook the website i'll tag everything on here later so (laughs) all right thanks aaron we'll talk to you soon (laughs) there you go alright we'll see you later